and welcome to the 23rd episode of Total Pod Mode, your weekly gaming podcast. My name is Will, and I also go by Hoodafunk, and I'm joined here by my good friend, co-host, and fellow gaming enthusiast, James, aka Mr. Bames, aka Champion, Champion of the World! Nice. I'm going on hot. I did your favour this week. You did. We're getting a bit grandiose with this, i got to say. I mean, you're the champion of the games challenge. Hey. If the world is, is still debatable, but I will give you that. You are the champion of the 2022 games challenge. Did anyone else do a games challenge in the world like we did? You are the champion of the Total Pod Mode World Game Challenge. Does that help? (laughs) I am the TPM World Champion. Uh, We do consider ourselves global these days. So, uh, you know, I suppose that, uh, yeah, we we can work world into the title somewhere. I'm still not quite done with the tinkering on the belt, so I can maybe go back and engrave that in. Hey, listen, if a a small wrestling promotion can have their world champions, then we can too, right? (laughs) <laughs> but yeah no but thank you for that lovely introduction but it would be very remiss of me if i didn't say what's going on you lusciously lusty lapin yes it is still year of the rabbit this sunday or well yesterday by the time this releases so yeah go out celebrate i wish you all a very happy new year enjoy your week off those of you that are taking the week off and you know i hope 2023 is a nice prosperous year for you all indeed james indeed with that intro out of the way, James, let's crack on with the socials. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pop Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pop Mode. You can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch, streaming under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on twitter at mr bames and i'm also on twitch under twitch.tv forward slash mr bames underscore tpm so james i think it's about time we had a catch up okay man hit me up what you've been playing this week so this week i have played basically one game and right do tell it is mass effect Uh, but not that one so context i got a little bit further ahead than will did at mass effect legendary edition for completionist corner last week so i didn't want to play too much more of that so that i didn't finish the game before (laughs) before will had a chance to sort of catch up a bit so i'm sitting at home i'm thinking oh i really want to play some mass effect but I don't want to get too far ahead. And starting two or three is off the table because I'm not going to start those randomly without a character I've imported. So what's the next best thing? Hey, Mass Effect Andromeda exists, doesn't it? <laughs> it yes, it does. It, it does. does. Is and, it the next best thing, though? <laughs> well, that's debatable, I suppose. But I, I had picked it up for, I think, £3 something in a sale of some description. So I had it already and I was like, it, let's give this a go. Gonna scratch the uh, itch of Mass Effect anyway, at the very least. Exactly. So, you know, and I, I played it a bit on Xbox. I don't remember thinking it was bad. I just stopped playing it. So I started playing it again. And has that opinion changed? Yes and no, I would say. I don't, okay. I still don't think it's bad. It doesn't hold a torch to the original trilogy. Let's be real about that. Mm. In terms of story, gameplay, it's kind of similar to three ish. And it's got a jetpack jump, which is really cool. Like, that. I have seen that. That's a lot of time for that that's a great mechanic otherwise it's just it's very very similar to mass effect 3 in terms of how it plays the guns feel pretty good the leveling up system is a bit different you don't start off as a class necessarily you pick a class when you create the character but it's not really a class it just affects what starting abilities you have okay but then it sort of works in a 
sort of you get four five three however many skill points it is per level and you can put them into literally anything you want so i could be a soldier sort of starting class but then i could pump biotics all i wanted i could be a pure biotics i could be biotics and tech i can be pure combat i can be whatever i want any sort of mixture okay the only sort of restriction on it is for certain abilities you have to have a certain amount of points in the tree so for example in biotics i've got no points in biotics i can natively have pull and throw but if i want to get singularity Mm, i have to invest nine points into biotics or something like that so that's really it's quite cool i was gonna say are you enjoying the uh additional freedom that it allows you for that or do you prefer the sort of more specialized class system of the original trilogy i don't know that i've got far enough yet to fully appreciate the new system because at the moment what i've done is i've pumped everything into combat fitness which just basically means i can carry four guns instead of two i get an additional weight allowance because if you're heavier your powers they cool down a lot slower the heavier you are so additional weight capacity is good in that regard it can carry more guns means i have more options i'm essentially playing a sniper class because again sniping in mass effect games is just really fun so the inventory system uh, isn't sort of item slot based anymore it's all down to the actual individual weight of the items no it's still slot based it's more on your loadout so if i'm carrying a pistol and a assault rifle that might be taking up 100 percent of my weight load which would mean my powers would regen at the normal pace they'd have their sort of bog standard cooldown and i think that is the lowest wall i can't just carry a pistol around and just have my powers come back in two seconds i think i think right. that is the lowest okay. but if i've got no power-ups and i then let's say i unequip my pistol and i have a sniper rifle and an assault rifle that might put me at 150 percent, which means that my power was have a longer cooldown period right okay but with the perks i've got i could just use a sniper and an assault rifle but that might put it back down to 75 percent or 100 percent, meaning i get the quick power-ups again so what i've actually got is i've got the ability to have four weapons but i only carry three and that gives me power cooldowns at the normal rate but i still have three weapons to be honest with you i definitely don't make the use of all of my weapons no. whilst playing through mass effect one i'm pretty much focused on the pistol and the shotgun yeah you only ever need two <laughs> that's the thing like even in andromeda i'm using the sniper rifle almost exclusively if i get myself in a bind i'll use the assault rifle or the pistol really i'm only carrying a pistol around because i like pistols and it's good to have additional ammo but doesn't quite work as like pick up ammo and hold it it works more as like you have your ammo limit and then you there's boxes on the floor that you just sort of walk up to and it automatically refills your ammo pretty cool in that regard but otherwise it plays basically the same same sort of deal um the storyline is decent but i haven't really cracked on with it too much yet it takes place quite a bit after the third mass effect game is that yeah, right 600 odd years right so okay. mass effect happens has humanity moved on much other than having rocket jumps well this is the thing right what it is is the, the premise is is that after the shepherd saga if you like the events yeah. of the original trilogy yeah bear in mind that i haven't actually got there exactly. yet so you're gonna have to be slightly well, no, i don't need to say anything edge off on the spoilers yeah, no, 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 no spoilers <laughs> at all so the events happen whatever happens 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 um and then humanity looks to expand outside of the milky way so they go right. to the andromeda galaxy right i think it's called the andromeda galaxy or it's the helios system or something like that so what they do is all of the council races so turians asaris humans and salarians they cryogenically freeze a bunch of people people who volunteered for the initiative because it's not like it we're not leaving because the milky way is f- it's just like we want to expand our horizons this is an exploration mission sort of thing yeah it's about settling in the new galaxy like exploring learning new things and whatnot Mm, okay you're uh star trekking it to boldly go where no man has gone before 
Well, yeah, pretty much, yeah, because uh, there's no humans there for sure. I think there's only uh, other alien species. Um, but yeah, mm. so you get cryogenically frozen, 600 years, you warp yourself all the way to the other end of the universe or whatever, and then the story starts with you defrosting and stuff goes down after that. So yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's scratching the itch, as you say. I'm definitely looking forward to jumping back into more Mass Effect Legendary Edition, but it's it's been quite cool just to scratch that itch. Sort of kept me going, if you like. Yeah, well, I'm pleased to say I have actually made some good headway into Mass Effect this week before we get too ahead of ourselves. So you will be able to dip your toes back into Mass Effect 1, at least briefly, yeah. uh, before our next episode. Exactly. So I'm going to endeavour to jump back into it a bit more. It definitely is worth more of my playtime. I think I've put, I don't know, 10 to 15 hours in maybe. It's fun, but I was certainly noticing that by the end of some of my sessions, I was like, okay, I'm kind of ready for this to be done. Whereas with Legendary Edition, the original trilogy... I was never like that at all. It's definitely not... You're like a hungry, hungry hippo for those shepherd charming quips. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask you, uh, so some of the main criticisms levelled at Andromeda were down to the facial animations and some of the voice acting. Yeah. And i got to say, I don't have any uh, serious complaints with the voice acting for Mass Effect 1 so far, uh, although Femme Shep is uh, voiced by the excellent Jen Hale. Yeah. Uh, so I think that I haven't actually picked up on too much of the bad voice acting in the first game yet but have you noticed anything off in andromeda how's the uh, the voice acting holding up now that you have a sort of a direct comparison it's fine it's not it's, it's not fine. bad it's not good some of the facial animations are a bit mad but i've using the default character for my character in andromeda because of that very reason <laughs> it's the best it can possibly be if you use the default and i consider myself relatively good at that sort of thing not like a pro but relatively good and wasn't happening not even slightly well so. in these games as well inevitably when you're allowed to make a custom character you would have probably started andromeda about 13 or 14 times yeah. and although i do agree with you it probably is worth the playtime that you put in it might not but in worth 13 or 14 restarts no literally look at it this way <laughs> i made one character didn't like it and was like yeah i can't be asked i'm just gonna use the default <laughs> default it i even used the default name <laughs> scott scott Ryder. yeah like and what's cool about that is actually scott Ryder. is that they're obviously coded it in the game so that if you do call yourself Scott and your sister's always called Sarah, right? But if you're, you have a twin. Sorry, I don't know if you knew that, but you have a twin in Andromeda. Ah, um, okay. But um, if you call yourself Scott, which is the canon name, then some of the voice acting deliver lines calling you Scott as opposed to just Ryder. Oh, okay. So okay, that's, that's actually cool. kind of quite a neat thing that came out of it. But yeah, I, I did it once, as I say, and was like, no, this looks <laughs> So facial animations... They're not brilliant in the original trilogy, I'm not going to lie, but they're they're definitely as bad, if not a little worse than Andromeda, but the voice acting's fine. If anything, mm, I think mm. the guy is actually voice acted pretty well. I'm not going to say better than Shepard, than male Shepard, but pretty good so far. Can't complain. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. You've restored a bit of my faith in uh, in that game. I'll have to, uh, you know, see how we get on with Mass Effect and if I'm tired of it by the time we finish <laughs> it or whether I'm gagging for more. But, you know, it sounds promising. It does sound promising, but I would sort of hasten to add that if you finish the trilogy and you're looking for more Mass Effect, you're probably better off starting the trilogy again. <laughs> okay. Like, genuinely. Oh, okay. and, right. I, and I mean that not necessarily from a disrespectful place from Andromeda. It just, it's good, but it, it's just, it's not the, that trilogy. It just doesn't hold up. How about you, man? You, you've been, uh, you've mentioned that you've 
played some Mass Effect this week? Have you been playing anything else? Bit of COD, maybe? Been a while? Do you know what? I've actually, I'm going to start off this week talking about a game that we haven't spoken about so much on the pod. Uh, if anything, I think this is a debut for the pod in terms of a game that we've discussed. Uh, so this week, I've been playing a little bit of Smash Bros with my mate Jen. Very Shout important Jen. question. I think I know the answer, but which one? Smash Bros Ultimate on the Switch yeah, uh, we have been Smash, playing yeah. this week. Mostly because it's the most accessible version. I think if Jem had his way, he would probably be playing playing the Wii version, and I'm typically more familiar with the GameCube version. Although it's you know it seems like it does hold up on the Switch. We've been having a good time playing it. So it's been quite a while since I actually last sat down and played this, and I, I typically do only play it uh, with other friends. I haven't really put any time into the single player campaign, although I am conscious that Kirby is the main sort of protagonist that doesn't get captured, and uh, he's then responsible for freeing the rest of the main characters from the the, the evil captor. Is that the campaign? Yeah, that's the campaign. Or is that the yeah. special mode? Uh, well, the special mode kind of serves as the campaign. There isn't really a campaign in this game beyond that. I was going to say, for me, because I did, um, I played the single player with most of the characters to unlock more characters and stuff. As you say, it's not really a campaign. You just have set stages and then one stage that's not a fight and then boss yeah so, yeah. Yes, yeah and in fact actually that's not the quickest way to unlock new characters in the roster the the fastest way is to just repeatedly play smash battles because they unlock after a certain amount yeah. and you essentially can expedite just play low stock matches one after one yeah but no, so yeah, no, I was having quite an enjoyable time there. I'm usually getting schooled pretty hard by Gem yeah. on this game. I'm not going to lie. This is, uh, you know, as I've said quite a few times before on the podcast, I never really grew up with Nintendo consoles past the NES. So I am way outclassed when it comes to the Smash games. And a lot of my buds have been sort of playing this uh, early into their childhood. And this is more sort of a series that I touched for the first time when I was maybe about 15 or 16 after just hearing about the hype and wanting to get give it a go so yeah. got a lot of catching up to do my friends uh, i'm usually getting rinsed what about you james have you sort of put much time in your childhood for this title yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh the the nintendo 64 one was the one i put the most hours into comfortably i then had a massive break because i never owned a gamecube and i didn't own brawl on the Wii. but Right. And then I picked up Ultimate, but I've not played it much at all. So N64 mm, version, mm. I've got some hours. I played a bit of Brawl Holler as well, which is kind of a similar thing. But yeah, 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 knockoff style. So who was your character then in Smash Bros? Uh, Captain Falcon or Donkey Kong. Okay, yeah. Strong choice on Captain yeah. Falcon. That's quite a popular choice. Or Donkey choice. Kong, as I said. As is Donkey yeah. Kong, yeah. Basically, Falcon Punch and Falcon Kick can get you out of pretty much any jam. And Donkey Kong's just big ape. Get your paws off me, you dirty ape! Just a big ape. And I like to the fact you can make He's him got a good slapping the ground power. Yeah, but you can't rinse that too much. I like you if you charge up the punch, you know, he sort of does his windy punch. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then the you can hold punch. it. You can hold <laughs> it and do other stuff. And it kind of works like Falcon Punch in that if you time it perfectly, they're just it's gonna be you're gonna knock them out. It's just gonna happen. Right, right. Fair so enough, so that was kind of my my jam. But uh I did also enjoy playing Kez Kirby, but it was that was more just for fun. Not for Yeah, serious. it's hard to knock Kirby off the arena. That's the sort of the main ultimate yeah. goal for anyone who hasn't played Smash. I don't know where you've been but if you haven't played smash <laughs> by now it's a sort of a fighting game that operates on different rules compared to classic ones instead of having to drain your enemy's life bar you need to incur enough damage uh, to build up a percentage meter 
a higher percentage, the easier you are to knock off the screen. And that's essentially how you earn points. You have a certain amount of lives, and if you get knocked off the screen a certain amount of times, that's the end of the game. Yeah, in a nutshell. You mentioned Captain Falcon there, so he's actually been pretty heavily nerfed since his, his original release, so who knows whether you'd enjoy him quite so much in uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate. I did enjoy him in Ultimate, but that's because I sort of knew all his moves still. But yeah, I did notice he'd been nerfed, yeah. But I'm not surprised. He was quite OP in the original, because um, even his his up special was like it was like yeah. a flip thing but if he grabbed you he'd then explode away from you he was very very good to use which is why i used him that and uh he had a little pink outfit and i thought that was cool yeah there's typically there's alternate skins for the characters yeah. some of them are essentially just recolors but you do get an yeah. occasional one where they'll do like a fully different yeah. version i think you can go for like a dark side link that has red eyes yeah yeah for sure. yeah you can yeah i remember captain falcon he had a pink and white one and then just one that was just gray and i, I used to oh, right, okay those two quite a lot and then yeah my other favorite one was very random this but mario had like a a white outfit with green overalls i thought that looked really dope there's like a white hat white shirt and then the green overalls it's like a reverse luigi almost Oh, interesting. But Luigi wears blue yeah, cool. overalls, obviously. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But now, how about you, man? Who who are your mains? Let's say two, two or three favorites. Yeah, two or three yeah. favorites. Uh, so I really like Cloud, the character from Final Fantasy VII. So he's got a really cool range of abilities. He obviously uses that giant oversized Buster Sword to quite good effect. Yeah. It means that he has quite a good bit of reach. Obviously, only to be upstaged by uh, Sephiroth's massive blade. Sephiroth in it. Sephiroth's in it as a DLC nice. character. So I don't have Sephiroth. However, Gem does, and that tends to be our sort of the final battle of the night. We have a bit of a tradition that we do a Cloud versus Sephiroth face off. And uh, yeah, so so Cloud is definitely up there. This is a real cop out, but you did ask me for free, so I'm going to chuck uh, like a cheeky one in so there. So Snake. No, no. Honestly, uh, Solid Snake is a, is quite a hard yeah. character for me to master. He has such a big arsenal. Great ass. And I think that he's quite a technical character is, to play yeah. as, and I am not a technical Smash Bros. player. I am, as I kind of implied earlier, very rusty at the game. I'm a massive noob. I do lots of stupid things, and more often than not, cause my own death yeah. than uh, than actually get knocked off. Been so, there, pal. Don't worry uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You try and use your rescue move a little too late or you mash the button and accidentally use it when you shouldn't yeah. and then you're just screwed as you're floating off the stage. Or you just realise that you're not quite pressing the right direction so you do your side special instead of your up special and you're just like, oh, nice. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. All the time yeah. uh, I find that happening. So, yeah. So what I really don't need is a technical character that has a lot of different things that you have to sort of take the time to figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so no uh, Jigglypuff for you. <laughs> no Jigglypuff for me. No, no. And also no characters that are sort of highly maneuverable like Sonic or Pikachu. Uh, I find that more often than not, I'll end up shooting myself off the stage by accident yeah. instead of actually. Yeah, I, I've done that more than enough. Um, but the second character that I'd like to shout out is actually my uh, my own me brawler. Okay. Uh, because I have created that guy with a serious goddamn moveset. He has a ridiculous like forward lunge stab uh with his down special uh he has the sort of link style hurricane upward slash yeah. move that he can do to rescue himself he's also got a really nice charged move that takes quite a while to pull off but it can come as quite a surprise he's got an annoying counter move i've essentially just combined all of the moves of the different characters that i've played as and enjoy yeah. and just kind of put it into one character which, which knowing and, your play uh, style will be f***ing moves <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. No, that's, it's funny you mention that. I haven't actually f 
to with the Mii Brawler that much. I've obviously got one because I've got my Mii, but I need to customise the moveset a bit and have a go by the sounds of it. Absolutely, yeah. It's really, really fun to be able to customise your own moveset and pinpoint all the moves yeah. that you like. Uh, third character that I also really like playing as is Meta Knight. Yeah, uh, I think he's nice. got a really cool moveset yeah. and he's another character from the Kirby series. He's got the useful sort of Kirby hop jumps. He can kind of float through the air, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and he's got a really powerful moveset. Although he does have one move that is kind of inspired uh, for my me brawler character as well, where he does this kind of forward charge. Yeah. It's very easy to send yourself off the edge of the stage because once you've done that side special move, as you've implied earlier, you then don't get to do your up special, yeah. which is typically the move that saves you from falling exactly. off the edge. Edge. Yeah. So you've spent that, and then you just kind of watch yourself just fall off the yeah. edge pathetically. It's 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 a tough pill to always swallow. Always is, man. Always the most brutal thing. It's even worse if you've like you know the um the sort of big brain strat is if someone's trying to get back in, you jump off and it's like do shit to them, knock them down, and then you jump back yourself. Yeah, those like if you do spike moves yeah. and things like that. Uh, it's super sad. You ever done that? But f- it up. I'm not yeah. good enough to even attempt those. You just feel like the biggest asshole <laughs> ever, man. Like. A uh, good example, Kirby's down specially turns into a rock or an anvil or similar and just drops. You can, yes, I've seen that one You can that use that before. to super good effect yeah. in that situation, but if you f*** it up, obviously you look like a melon, right? You just go, <laughs> just fall off the f***ing side. Have you seen the incredibly trolly King Didi thing, King Didi thing where you, uh, you suck them into your mouth if they're on their final stock and you just walk off the yeah, stage, yeah. just disrespect them? Yeah. That one, there was a violation. Personally, I wouldn't have it. Yeah, yeah. I've also seen that go wrong, where uh, they got spat out as he was falling, and uh, he risked it yeah. to try and get it, and actually ended up losing the game. Yeah. I- I've actually spent quite a bit of time watching Smash tournaments and things like that. I find them really fascinating to watch some high-level Smash gameplay. Yeah, I've not watched the tournaments, but I've definitely watched videos. And I- I- like, I've seen some dude win the World Championship with Jigglypuff, mm, like, which mm. is just... Dude, absolutely ridiculous because uh, for the level of like fight IQ in those games based on their simplicity exactly. is just insane and for, for those that don't know Jigglypuff is it has one move that will literally one shot you but otherwise it's probably the weakest fighter in the game I'd say it's certainly in the top few weakest I, I think I definitely don't know enough to bag yeah. that up but I, I believe it knows, you. <laughs> it's like it's standard moves like it's basic punches and combos do like no damage to you but it's got one move where I think it's Sing where it, it like gets like a hexagon around it and it, and that just <laughs> sends everyone away it's the only way to win with right right uh, okay okay but yeah no I, I agree it's very it's it, there's something quite nice and therapeutic about watching someone who's super f-ing good at a game yeah absolutely yeah you start to realize that they're playing a completely different game to you almost it's like a, a shout out to my mate Sai again he um he's pretty damn good at tekken for like your sort of average joe and mm. he, he told me a story once about how he met someone who used to do like tournaments and stuff like so a really good player and um yeah. he got hustled by this guy he was like oh yeah yeah do you want to play a bit of tekken at lunch break or whatever guy guy like lets him win the first round so size all like oh yeah yeah <laughs> i'm gonna kick this guy's ass and then literally just perfected him for two games no it's, way, it's different right. game isn't it because like you say a pro tekken player is just gonna make they're gonna start juggling you and then you just can't do anything yeah exactly a good player knows how to juggle and has these extended combos yeah. that flow into another combo and tekken's notoriously hard 
hard yeah. for you know actually getting those combos down. So if someone really knows what they're doing, well, yeah, and, and, I can and the way Sai describes it is is that you or I might see it as we're playing a game and you've got the move and you might get windows of t- the timings and stuff like that. These tournament mm. level or pro players, they see frames. They see like, okay, yeah, you've got if I do this punch, I'm then going to have two frames after that where I can do this move or this move. And if you then yeah. go to block, yeah. I've then got a frame and a half to fight. And it's just like, uh-huh. these motherfuckers are playing chess. Exactly. It's like you know, it's different level, man. It really is. Uh, other than that, I've just played a little bit more Stardew, but no major updates to go there. We're still in the thick of winter. The farm still looks like a miserable place to be, <laughs> and I have yet to upgrade my house. And Pierre's and, still a prick, uh, I've so... <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and I've no made no inroads either to sleep with Linus or Abigail. So oh, I didn't uh, realize sleeping with Linus was on the cards. Now sleeping with Linus is always on the cards, Fair man. Enough. He's just that kind of guy. He gets freaky with it. Yeah, respect. Okay, man, with the catch-up out of the way, it's time we moved on to some gaming news. Our first article this week reports 343 Studios are no longer leading the Halo series. Gasp. So this is a report from Game Rant. So, following the recent mass layoffs at Microsoft, a report from historically reliable Halo leaker Bathrobe Spartan claims that 343 Studios are part of a recently announced large number of job cuts at Microsoft. These major cuts affect Bethesda, Xbox, and 343 Studios. The article goes on to say that the studio will no longer serve as the primary developer for Halo, although they will still have a role as an overseer for the franchise, with projects handed off to third-party partners to create. Interesting. So this is this is pretty big news in the world of Halo. I mean, a lot of, uh, of fans of the series would agree that Infinite had a less than good, less than even bad launch, a, a pretty terrible launch in terms of the, the rate that the campaign as well as the additional content were released, uh, the failed promises that we discussed previously in terms of you know, admitting to the fact that co-op just wasn't going to become a thing. A rather lackluster release all round, including difficulty with progression and experience gained from multiplayer matches not paying up and off, expensive skins and extremely low drop rates for items. These were all sort of, you know, part of the mass feedback loop that was essentially saying that Halo Infinite came out and was forgotten pretty damn quickly. Yeah, and these are all reasons why this news doesn't surprise me at all. It's a little bit out of the blue, maybe. Like, I don't know if I necessarily saw it coming, if you see what I mean, but you said it, and I'm like, yeah, I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. I guess the only, like, the the tiny shard of surprise that I saw here was literally just due to the fact that I thought Microsoft had committed to uh, their confidence in 343 Studios going forward. i got to say, like, my belief in that was that Microsoft at the time were were misguided in that confidence. Uh, So I think that, you know, I, I... I do tend to agree with you. I think that this is something that doesn't come as a huge surprise. Yeah. Microsoft probably said that so as to show support to them because as you say, it's not like 343 have been shit forever, right? They they did have a hand in the successful Halo stuff too, right? Yes. It's, yeah, a respect thing. They don't want to throw them under the bus. Sort of and which thing. is also probably exactly why they're still the overseer now, even though they're not directly involved in it. Absolutely. They still respect them enough to sort of oversee the ongoing projects and things like that. Especially now Bungie has uh, buggered off and been acquired by Sony. Yeah, exactly. 
So I think that the main issue uh, with these games, and it's important to point out, that these Halo games aren't bad overall games. It's just purely down to the fact that Halo does have a higher bar as an established franchise, and the things that Halo did well previously have started to slip in some of the more recent entries in that series. So it's not so much that the games are bad games, it's more about the fact that they're not amazing Halo games sort of thing, and not... So similar to what I was saying to Andromeda earlier. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not the trilogy exactly a lot of people would not class uh the recent halo games myself included as a worthy successor to the earlier entries in that series and i think that's fair enough i mean and the other thing that probably shines this in a slightly brighter light is the fact that halo is is was not really sure what to say now but it's xbox's crown jewel right pretty much yeah absolutely i can't think of a better front man than master chief for the xbox yeah i mean when you when i think xbox and like exclusives and things like that i think halo forza and gears yeah probably in that order that's the trifecta Yeah. yeah Yeah. So I think this is, uh, you know, this can kind of be taken either way here. This is potentially exciting news uh, for Halo fans in terms of the fact that this could potentially be put into the hands of new third-party studios. They could potentially take the game in new directions that are good. Or this also could be a sign of a little bit of concern that uh, Halo is moving even further away from the sort of pre-established tropes of the series. I think that, uh, you know, it's just one of those ones we're going to have to wait and see. But yeah, definitely some intriguing news and uh, I'm keen to see what other Halo games come out as a result of this i mean halo has had some pretty successful spin-offs i myself enjoyed halo wars uh i never played the second one but i put a good few hours into the first one which that was a sort of real-time strategy halo game and there have been some successful uh you know sort of spin-offs of big microsoft ips as well i mean gears of war had a tactics spin-off which is essentially like uh like an XCOM. Yeah style Gears of War game. So yeah, who knows? We may see something like that. I wouldn't be at all surprised if we saw a Halo XCOM style game at some point. Or or fun sort of hypothetical here. Microsoft take over Activision Blizzard, obviously famous for COD. They give Halo to Activision. We get... Well, that would be definitely not what the Halo fans want. uh, That's why I say fun hypothetical. (laughs) I don't don't see it happening personally, but... uh? It's feasible. It's definitely not what people want, but it's feasible. Uh, I think that a lot of people would be very distressed yeah i agree man yeah and and let us know in the comments if you think that activision making a halo game would be any good at all i i don't personally i think that they'd ruin it Um, no and and at any time halo has attempted to emulate anything from the call of duty formula the pushback on it has been pretty intense and rightly so apart from not having a sprint that's ludicrous but you know halo should be halo it's a matter of opinion yeah. I, I get the sprinting thing yeah. personally but i didn't i didn't but, grow up with yeah. halo i played halo later so i i will say that but yeah halo stick to halo and activision stick to cod Okay, man, I think it's about time we moved on to our second article of the week. So, controversy has once again shaken the world of Harry Potter after an attempted boycott of the sales of Hogwarts Legacy due to the series author, J.K. Rowling, being accused of making transphobic comments by fans. Are we calling it accused of? Didn't she straight- uh, For legal purposes, okay, okay. we are remaining okay. as accused of. And- okay, allegedly. <laughs> Even the website hosting the promotional material for the upcoming Hogwarts Legacy title has actually stated on their Q&A that J.K. Rowling is not involved in the creation of the game in order to quell some of the criticisms and sort of current boycotting concerns around the sales of this game and its connections to the aforementioned J.K. Rowling. 
And I believe that this was also something that was raised um, a number of months ago when this subject sort of first reared its head a little bit. It's That's obviously right, coming back yeah. into the fore now because the game is coming out in two, three weeks at the time of recording, I think, something like that. So yeah, this this had already been discussed. And I think one of the things I saw that was quite amusing was uh, the way to stick it to JK Rowling would be to have, when you create your character, have a non-gender option or a non-binary or whatever. <laughs> and I thought that was quite neat. It'd be interesting to see if they do it. But... Do you know, and, and this is kind of one thing I will say is... I think that, you know, they have made it clear, as I say, that JK wasn't involved in yeah. this. And I think that this game is going to uh, be a game that is very much of its time and doesn't reflect uh, JK's views at all. Within the title, I think that this is more of a reflection of the, the wizarding world that she's created yeah. and less about her sort of more political and social opinions. So I think that it wouldn't be at all surprising if you were to see strong signs of sort of inclusivity within the game and more things that would sort of take into account the current sort of social climate. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see, man. As I've said a few times before on the pod, I, I don't like to read into games too much when I'm looking forward to them, and this is a game I'm very much looking forward to. But it would not surprise me at all if that was a thing, as you've mentioned, because, you know, in a lot of facets of life now, we're seeing things like enhanced gender options, enhanced sexuality options, and things like that in games and other areas of culture. So it wouldn't surprise me. I think that some people, uh, you know, although that they have gone on record to say that she's not involved with the game, uh, some people are still not happy with that and they're conscious of the fact that J.K. Rowling will almost certainly be earning royalties off of the use of her works of uh, within the game, so she's definitely be earning money off of the back of yeah. this. And some see that as a sort of indirect endorsement of her transphobic views. Do you think that this will have a, a sort of perceptible impact on the sales of this game, or do you think that the sort of the mass appeal of Harry Potter will generally uh, sort of, you know, ensure that this game does perform well in terms of sales? I think it's going to be a very interesting one to look at. I do think that ultimately the sort of overarching love for Harry Potter and that world will trump anything else. I mean it's a it's a global exactly. franchise, isn't it? It's hugely popular. And I can only really talk about myself in this. I am hundred percent for people being whoever they want to be and having the right to do whatever they want. But that didn't stop you pre-ordering that well, exactly. shit, did it? That's <laughs> the thing. I, I'm going to pick up this game. I'm probably going to enjoy it. But I do understand why people would boycott it and I think that they're absolutely within their rights to do that and I would respect the reasoning for it. I think it's just about sort of, you know, respecting people's uh, opinions in terms yeah. of not wanting to support this title and, you know, I, I don't think that the, uh, the sort of criticisms against someone making a personal choice based on their own beliefs are really valid. However, uh, you know at the same time I, I also respect people's choice to to buy this game as well because I don't think that uh, buying this game is a direct or indirect support of transphobic views yeah agreed completely so James uh, moving on to our third article of the day surprise surprise the last of us show is actually good Ooh. Or at least it's been critically well received. So far, one episode. So if I pull up my Last of Us Rotten Tomato meter, I can see here that the average tomato meter is 99% currently for The Last of Us, with an average audience score of 96%. This has got to be one of the highest rated video game to movie slash TV show conversions out there. I'm just trying to think of some comparisons out there. The Let's Witcher. have a quick look. It's probably the most apt one, right? So The Witcher is actually currently sitting on an 81% 
Rent Tomato meter with a 74% average audience score. Still so, pretty good. Yeah, absolutely still good. And obviously that would have been affected as an ongoing thing by sort of more recent episodes. If it started out quite strong in season one, it would have probably dipped uh, in some of the later seasons. And obviously I think we're currently sat on the only the premiere episode of Last of Us being released. Yeah. So there's still time exactly. uh, for that score to drop. But, uh, you know, I think that that's a very strong opening episode if it's being rated so highly as that. And i got to say, all of the reviews uh, that I've heard so far are praising the attention to detail in terms of sticking within the lines of the narrative of the game, whilst also introducing a few new elements and various nods to the game that enjoyers of the actual video game will enjoy, as well as being more than enough uh, for new viewers and people that have never actually played the games before. Yeah, and just picking up on the point you've made there about how it sort of follows the game quite closely, one of the things that I'd read about it that made me laugh quite a lot actually was um, apparently they're not doing so much crouching in it and sneaking about and the, and apparently <laughs> okay. and apparently the reason given for that is because i don't know if it was pedro pascal directly who said it uh, the actor playing joel but it was because the fact that joel is meant to be a 50 year old man his knees wouldn't be up for all that crouching which just made that made me laugh yeah <laughs> so they've cut that a little bit in it but they're not wrong yeah, they're not they're wrong not at wrong. all joel does spend a lot of time crouching around and hiding exactly. that, that skulking just made me laugh it's like yeah they're really really putting an eye to detail with this show i haven't seen it though so i can't judge too much but uh, certainly a very strong start yeah and you mentioned pedro pascal there uh the also the casting of some of the actors has been uh, praised as well and i think the ellie actress whose name escapes me i apologize for that bella ramsey, bella ramsey. she's she's getting a lot of praise for being pretty excellent as well yes absolutely yeah and i've actually uh, i've actually gone back and seen a mod for the last of us part one which actually mods bella ramsey's face <laughs> back onto ellie also uh, another strong casting choice i saw here uh, i think that nick offerman as bill is a really good choice as well nick offerman obviously being most well known for his role as ron swanson in parks and recreation reminds me of when my dad made me choose which of my pet calves to slaughter with my own hands for my sixth birthday I think that, uh, again, it, just in terms of visually, he would absolutely play the part well, and uh, he's definitely a, a versatile enough actor to be able to pull off a role like that. I'm just interested to see more of this series, and uh, I've yet to actually sit down and watch the first episode myself, but I'm absolutely enthused by the really positive reception that it's actually come out with, and I think that any day now I'm going to sit down and make the time to watch this. Looking forward to what I'll see, and being a big fan of The Last of Us series, I'm really excited to see some of these nods that I'm hearing about in terms of little references. Yeah, and that's probably exactly the reason why I'm going to hold off watching it for now because I probably want to play the first game first before I watch it because I want to I want to be involved in that I want to be like oh yeah shit, that's a nod to that and I think that's yeah, very fair as opposed to yeah. doing it the other way yeah. around so we'll see I, I may well cave because I'm curious but yeah it's great to hear that it's done well and hopefully it keeps it up because we've had too many busts in the old uh, games to a another media Okay, James, done with the news for a week. Time to crack on with another section of Completionist Corner. Sting coming soon. Sting coming soon. So, as we come back to Completionist Corner for the second sort of run-through of the Shepherd Saga, I think I referred to it as earlier. We ended last week's show having just finished Eden Prime. We destroyed the beacon. 
and we were going to go and land on the citadel and tell the council about what went down. So we arrive with our crew. That it would be Caden, Ashley, Captain Anderson, Shepard, Joker, and a bunch of nobodies, yeah, pretty much, right? So we've landed on the citadel. The first thing we're tasked with doing is we talk to Ambassador Udina, who is a politician, basically. And that's exactly as negative as you want it to be. He's a little prick, this guy. Possibly the character in the Mass Effect series for a good long while, I imagine. Like, next to obviously the main antagonist. (laughs) Horrible human being. Mirrors modern politics incredibly well, I've got to say. The ground team from Eden Prime, which is Shepard, Caden, and Ashley, go there with Captain Anderson, the commanding officer, and we are to give our debrief to... Udina. He's not too impressed because as far as he's concerned all we have is the testimony of a dock worker who was asleep, which is our smuggler friend on the docks, Uh, but we don't have any hard evidence other than witness testimony, and the first mission sees us head to the Citadel Tower, which is where the council chambers live, to give our version of events to the council, hear what they have to say, and interestingly, because Saren is a spectre, so he works directly for the council, he is also on this call, sort of in zoom mode, if you like, he just pops up as like a hologram like yeah. epic foreshadowing <laughs> yeah. oh let me get a screen share sorted red hologram boy um <laughs> and i gotta say i was a little bit uh a little bit nervous yeah. about this meeting with the council well it was supposed to be a routine shakedown became yeah. uh, a recovery mission and then uh turned into accidentally destroying the thing we were supposed to recover and letting the bad guy get away and and another spectre got killed as not well. a great first impression f in the chats <laughs> yeah. for nihilus and suffice to say, because we have no hard evidence, um, Saren denies everything. Basically, uh, I think we mentioned on last week's episode that him and Captain Anderson have some history there. Uh, very briefly mentioned it. He basically puts it all down to just blatant yeah. lies, doesn't it? So and I think he says something along the lines of, Ah, oh, Captain Anderson, you always seem to be present when humanity raises an issue with me. And it's just like, proper, proper <laughs> right, slimy bastard, which, you know, you've got to respect the writing in it. But um, So the council finds like Saren innocent if you like and just says yeah but without without hard evidence it's never going to work request to disband him from the spectres denied and Udina wasn't happy with it a great shot of him looking all upset and pissed off just sort of on his own with his head down after the verdict's given like he kind of basically gets pissed off in that meeting doesn't he he's like you guys just don't like humanity yeah, pretty much. He kind of loses his cool, which I wasn't really expecting his character to do so early on. He turns into kind of like a whiny guy. He is honestly the worst. Like, it's a really well done character. Like, props to the voice actor and props to the writers, but yeah, f- me, I hate this guy. Yeah, which again is only a reflection of just how well he's, exactly. he's written. He's, play- actors, he's playing yeah. the heel brilliantly. C- cannot yeah. deny that. Yeah. Um, but the long and short of it is that we then get sent off to go and find some evidence. Now, how are we going to do this? We have no leads. Well, as we were walking into the citadel tower before our meeting we saw will's favorite race a turian mm. arguing you can't see this but will was just given the dirtiest look on the webcam <laughs> not not having that can snake people uh, you know actually I, I i will just get ahead of myself and say here after meeting this dude my my tune changed yeah, yeah, yeah. garris is a legend like yeah, he's f***ing sick. He's, he's one of the best. Um, but uh, we, Garrus is a Turian C-Sec officer, and C-Sec is uh, Council Security, or Citadel Security, I think it actually is. 
Uh, so yeah. the police on the Citadel, basically. You see him arguing, saying that, oh, I'm this close to finding some evidence that incriminates Saren. That's a pretty good lead. Very good lead indeed. That's a pretty good, good and, lead. And he sort of comes up to you and goes, same thing. Is that it? And he's like, you're Commander Shepard. Yeah, you're a legend. And you give you sort of like a bro hug and stuff. And then it's like, Nice. They respect. Yeah. Do a little secret handshake. And then the other lead you get is um, you hear tale of um, another alien race that we didn't actually cover much last week called the Krogan, um, who are sort of amphibian-looking, brutes, sort of hulking, big, muscular people who just work as space mercs and guns for hire. It's about right, yeah. If you want a point of reference from another sci-fi series, I guess they're closest to the Klingons from another another Star Trek reference. I'll slide that in there. Didn't you you know you were a Trekkie, mate? (laughs) But yeah, no, that's that's pretty apt comparison, I'd say. But you hear tale of uh, a Krogan causing C-Sec some issues, because he's basically beefing a guy who probably has information that will help you. So you get given these leads. Will, out of interest, which lead did you go for first? I think uh, just because it sounded the most promising, I actually went to go check out Garrus first. It's, uh, it's It seemed like definitely the most promising, and also uh, having played a little bit of the game before, I was aware of some of his talents yeah, in yeah. terms of his class, so it seemed like a good one to go for. Yeah. For me, it was, there is a side quest that if you get Rex first, it lo- it doesn't lock you out of it, but it delays you being able to do it. Oh, right. Okay. So I so I do Garrus first so that I can then run around, do side questy bits, get Rex and then do that. So we go go down, we find Garrus, who you find out eventually is in a medical center helping out the local doctor who has got some thug problems. You recruit him. He does a pretty sweet headshot to kill a guy that was about to hurt Dr. Michelle, who is the, the doctor in question. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you prob- and she has a lot of thug problems, by the way, because you go problems. back and she has some more thug problems yeah. like after that. Like, exactly. She is besieged by thugs. Yeah. What the hell is she doing? She's a doctor. I know, right? It's it's dodgy sh- But yeah, you recruit Garrus. You then probably go and get Rex. Yeah, definitely the next best step. You want to you want to get the squad together, exactly. man. You, you want to go get, get the boys. And Rex's quest sort of is what moves the story on, if you like, because what Rex wants to do is he wants to kill the owner of the let's call it local nightclub, I suppose. And um, there are technically two on the Citadel, but this is Cora's Den, which is sort of the more divey one, if you like. Yeah, Cora's Den's like kind of a gentleman's club. They refer to it as in yeah. the game, whereas the other nightclub, I think they just refer to it as a nightclub. Yeah. Well, Flux is also it's like it's a gambling hall as well, and it's actually got like That's a true. dance floor and stuff. Whereas Chorus Den is more a dive bar. You've just got it's dark, it's dingy. Just going to sidetrack us again as well, though. Gambling in Mass Effect sucks donkey balls, man. Who the hell is playing that game and enjoying it? It's essentially it's like get cl- <laughs> you really enjoy. It? There's like you just press two buttons and hope yeah. for the best. Yeah, but there is tactics <laughs> to it, man. Yeah, I mean, yes, there are tactics, yeah. but uh, they don't take very long to figure out. And then before it gets back to kind of being a, another game of chance sort of thing yeah it's yeah. not it's not terrible to play i will say like I, I got enjoyment out of it for all of about two minutes before i was like i will never touch this again oh, don't get me wrong i didn't play it much apart from the uh, the side quest to do with it yeah but it's no gwent i'll tell you that oh it's no, oh, it's no. no gwent. gwent's wonderful <laughs> no, that's, that's that literally spawned a game of its own i mean yeah two, yeah, two yeah, in yeah, fact yeah. but yeah no it, it's not bad but it's not good i'll, 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 I'll cop to that you have to press too many buttons for one game as well it's too slow yes 
Yeah. Anyway, back to Cora's Den. Back to Cora's Den. So you are tasked with killing the owner of Cora's Den, who is a chap called Fist. Gross. And he essentially is the big crime daddy on the Citadel at this point. He's well connected. Very well connected indeed. Now, the start at the start of this, you start off by heading to Cora's Den and you have to shoot your way through a bunch of guards because they've obviously, like everyone is aware that Rex is coming for this guy because Rex is not yeah. Rex is not subtle. One of the <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love Rex. He's one of the best characters in the game, in my opinion. And we'll probably talk more about him at length at some point further down the line in later episodes. Because when you get to know him, he's just brilliant. Fucking <laughs> wonderful Great. character. But yeah, subtlety is definitely not one of his fortes. He he will tell you exactly what he thinks of you and what exactly what he's going to do to you. But I'm actually going to pass to you for a bit here because at the start of when you get into Chorus Den, you cleared it out. You then head into the back room and you sort of head to where go get fist. There's little interaction you can have with a couple of the door guards and i want to know will as the renegade character what happened when you met these two lovely guardsmen yeah so in this one i'd obviously been pumping up my intimidation skill yeah. to make sure i pass these checks and basically you say something to the effect of i just took out a f***ing armed squad bunch of fist bodyguards do you really think you door bouncers are gonna stand up to us <laughs> and they're like yeah fair play okay all right we'll put our guns on the floor and f*** off yeah. so, <laughs> As opposed to the Paragon option, which is essentially, uh, guys, it's really worth it. You just go get another job somewhere else. And they're just like, yeah, never liked Fist anyway. <laughs> and they just leave. Yeah, it's great. I, I gotta say, in that instance, I think that's a clear win for the Renegade scenario. Like, we just f***ing kill all yeah, these yeah. ex-Marine dudes. Do you really think you guys that are used to just chucking Johnny Nobody out of the club for having <laughs> a few too many space ciders? Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> so, I, I'm gonna call it now. I, I think that the vast majority of the direct comparison choices are gonna be, like, the Renegade options are gonna be better. Maybe not better. Funnier. For sure. Funnier, funnier yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. There's a couple I can't wait for you to get to. I mean, a lot of these have the same outcome essentially oh, they but they the just outcome. give you that yeah. extra flavor which is still appreciated exactly every single one has the same outcome i think a couple of the meteor side quests have some different out i mean obviously the outcome is always the same that you complete the quest yeah. but you get a bit more to it but uh, so then uh, once you've dealt with the guards in whichever way you see fit all options are viable i think you can even kill them you, you don't have to talk them out of it you can just be like ah, f you bum, bum, bum. that's the kind of middling option i guess <laughs> if you spending, haven't put any yeah points into yeah charming or intimidation but uh yeah so you get rid of those guards however you see fit you go through another couple of rooms of more guards and uh various boxes to open and things like that before getting to a little back room where fist is sitting in some very nice mercenary armor that you can't take which is a real shame mm, it's um, a shame random question when you fought fist did he have time to have his two turrets pop up as well he did yeah, yeah i absolutely i had to take out the two turrets before i could really focus fire on him i tend to because uh, i'm focusing on sort of biotic powers yeah i'm using a lot of my matilda lifting and throwing yeah nice. so i kind of just had him like floating around in the background through the air whilst i was focusing on his turrets nice, for the majority yeah. of that fight <laughs> yeah, because it's interesting because normally when I do this mission, the turrets come up and it's fine. But when I did it with this character, I don't know what, I must have killed him super quick or something, but the turrets didn't spawn. Oh, right. Okay. Which okay. is fine in a way, but I guess I missed out on about 300 experience, which I hope. Yeah, doesn't... they do give you a pretty decent amount of XP yeah. uh, thinking about it. Yeah. Which I'm hoping, you know, if I end the game on level 59, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> but uh, Just for those turrets. Yeah. Well, you never know. But um, yeah, so you, you 
beat fist down he's basically pushes out says oh no we don't even have what you're looking for um which is you you think that he just has evidence but it turns out that actually what he has is or had should i say is a quarian which is another of the alien races the the typically they're very very highly um, susceptible to diseases and things like that so they wear full body suits that have medigel which is like the medical solution if you like to everything they have it running just rub it on your butt cheeks whenever you're feeling unwell and it fixes you right up there you go it has to be the butt cheeks though. has to be the butt cheeks yeah. not in the crack though Never not for crack. internal application no, no absolutely it's not. just purely external butt cheek application yeah don't use it as lube people they wear suits like that have that coursing around it so that they're constantly Insulated in antibiotic state midi like. blubber <laughs> i just want to be pure but yes, yeah, so we all led to believe that Fist just has the evidence. He actually has a Quarian who actually has the evidence. But he lets you know the Quarian's no longer here. Oh no! Where's the Quarian gone? Well, he has organised a meeting with her that he's not actually going to turn up to himself. He's going to send Saren's men to get the evidence from her. You get told about this meeting and you can then either kill Fist or let him go. I'm assuming you killed his ass. <laughs> no points for guessing what I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which honestly, I actually think is the correct thing to do in this instance but uh i did yeah I did he's let a crime lord he's not gonna do anything yes we are we have yeah. committed to doing regardless of what our conscience yeah. tells us we have committed to doing our full paragon yeah, slash exactly. renegade playthroughs exactly and uh, worth noting that if you have rex with you in this quest you don't get a f***ing choice <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah, that's rex cool just okay. kills him. rex is like yeah bye nice uh, but if you don't have rex with you and you then have a i believe it's a three minute time limit to go and disrupt the meeting and save the quarian that's right and this essentially involves you fighting back through Cora's Den which has, now has more guards and finding the meeting spot which is conveniently right outside Cora's Den basically. Pretty much yeah it's yeah. on the passageway just leaving it yeah. Exactly and you get a nice little cutscene where one of Saren's men tries to steal the evidence off her tallies who's the Quarian's not having any of it gets attacked and then you jump in and save the day it is there where you get introduced to her her full name is way too long and it changes in Aspect 2 um, oh, Does it? Why does it change? It changes because she joins your ship of officially and their last name is the ship that they serve on oh, so her okay, name's like okay. tally ravas something in the first game i forget what it is and she becomes tally ravas normandy in later ones. oh right okay okay yeah but i can't remember what it is for I think tally, her, tally her purpose for being there is essentially she's on some sort of pilgrimage for her alien race is that right that is correct so the quarians are very very into their tinkering and engineering and stuff which is why they they love their ships which is why they're named after their ships they serve them i think they created the geth and the geth revolted against them I think. Ah, okay. Pretty I mean, sure. yes, I, d I definitely know that the Geth revolted against their yeah. creators. I didn't I didn't piece together that it was actually... It, uh, right, unless okay. I'm getting confused here, but I'm pretty sure it's the Quarians because the reason that Tally has evidence is because she's managed to recover a Geth audio core. Ah, see, see, I remember that, but I didn't ask her how she was able to do that because typically that cliche thing is once you've killed them, they scramble exactly. their own brain so they can't be recovered. And I guess if I would have asked her that, she would have gone into that bit of detail. Yeah, and I think all she really says is uh, I didn't get it all but basically because we know the Geth really well probably because they invented them they were able to recover yeah. it basically she plays you this recording and what it has on it is it says Saren saying Eden Prime was a great success we're now one step close to finding the conduit those stupid council idiots I got the beacon I did it all 
They'll never guess it was me. Never. Ha ha ha. Evil laugh. Exactly. <laughs> and then there is actually also a second part of that message that then um, you hear an Asari lady talking. Uh, who An is, additional voice is on the recording. Yeah. Exactly. Who it turns out is Matriarch Benizia, who is a very, very famous and powerful Asari matriarch. Uh, so with this new found evidence, you take it to the council. They're like, holy shit man you were right we were wrong i'm sorry we doubted you my bad <laughs> funnily enough saren's not at this part like didn't think to yeah zoom in reach for they? this one no oh, yeah. he was busy i guess convenient the, the council could have been more apologetic i think like they weren't they weren't exactly like oh well f you but they were sort of like yeah you know we were wrong but we're not going to say sorry in light of this i guess that we uh get rid of this guy now no more saren being a spectre yep they instantly revoke all his spectre privileges and you and captain anderson high five but the nice thing that comes out of this is much to the chagrin of i believe the turian funnily enough <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't really, still doesn't quite trust humanity. Not just quite. Yet. You're quite. You, you can win him over. You won't, because you're a renegade. I know. <laughs> no. I'll win him over eventually. Um, but uh, you finally do become a spectre as a result of your um, sort of looking for the evidence, finding the evidence, and therefore justice being served. Udina's still a miserable prick but he's at least says congratulations i suppose anderson's loving it he's like yeah i knew you could do it you're my boy or girl yeah <laughs> go normandy at this point you are you know the council sort of say like we're not going to send the whole fleet after saren which is what udina suggests he didn't really fucking think this through does he oh yeah we're going to send a whole army after one bloke who you don't know where he is dumb dumb as shit. So the, the council decide, hey, why not send a small strike team? You're a spectre now. You go do it. Seems sensible. Shepard is more than happy to accept the challenge. They certainly are. My one was very nice about it. My one was like, it's about time, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's almost verbatim what he says. You then go off. You have another few conversations with a few people, including Captain Anderson, who very kindly relinquishes control of the Normandy to you. Well, that's one way of taking that situation the I mean, other one be, he got yeah. yeah he got thrown under the bus yeah. screwed over we can't have you involved because of your past history with saren exactly yeah <laughs> which uh to his credit i think captain anderson does say i don't like it but he's right yes he does so, yeah. um and then a few side quests were picked up around the citadel you know we sort of wandered around saw some people one of note that we probably should mention is uh someone's a little bit of a fan of ours aren't they will yeah absolutely so there is someone that is you know super happy to see us he's somewhere around the market quarter he's just someone yeah. that you can wander on by and he immediately recognizes you as the heroic commander shepherd yeah. and uh i immediately snubbed him i was kind of like who the f are you yeah. yeah, and uh, he didn't take it well. You know, he definitely was, like, very put off straight away by my immediate snub. And basically was like, oh, well, you're just an arsehole. I never meet your heroes, I guess. F*** you. And then kind of gets a bit upset and wanders off. Oh. And uh, that is still an open quest. Yeah. And we've spoken a little bit about this in between episodes. But you did say that, essentially, he's a bit of a recurring character that keeps popping up. So now that I've, uh, I've snubbed him, I'm interested to see just what he's going to come back yeah. with. So basically, all I'll say is go back to the Citadel after you do every sort of main mission and just like wander around because you'll get a few more bits so what did you do with this guy then sign his titty and send him on his way pretty much so the first one is an autograph um, oh, right, okay yeah so yeah. 
literally, yeah, I didn't quite sign his titty, but I signed his data pad. Okay, so, okay. Same, same thing, right? Same thing in the future, right? On the data pad, it might have been a picture of his boo, but I don't know. Rub it all over your data pad. Well, so yeah, so there's that one, and I, I don't mind telling you that my I've met him for the second time, and uh, the second time is a, a photo. Oh right, okay, okay. I would like to know if there was like a kind of uh, a bit of a renegade photo option where you still do the photo, but you f it up somehow in a way that he subtly doesn't notice. You do rabbit ears behind his head. No comment. Right. It's, oh, it, it, it's not okay. like I don't recall it being like that, but <laughs> what you do do is hilarious. So. But yeah, so that and that's quite a little fun little interaction. There's other side quests, sure, but most of them is actually just picking up and then they're actually on random planets throughout that you'll visit at later points. So probably not too yeah. many to cover here. Um, that basically concludes sort of section one of the Citadel, if you like, because you will be back there numerous times as the game progresses because it's your yeah. main hub sort of thing. So following your Citadel escapades, you are then tasked with heading to a couple different planets for some further evidence and leads for Saren. There's two planets, Feros and Novaria, and you are also tasked with a sort of a little bit of a third mission, which is that you have heard rumours that there is an Asari character somewhere on a planet that may also be able to give you some information. At that point, have they revealed to you that she is in fact the daughter of Matriarch Benetia, who is the, the voice on the recording alongside Saren, or are you still kept in the dark about that? I believe that you I think you are find out aware. pretty quickly. I think you yeah, are. Yeah, you find aware. out pretty quickly. Yeah, no, I think you are. Yeah, that's probably, if anything, why you're tasked to go find her. Yeah, whereas that, and yeah. she's also a leading researcher on the Protheans, who are the um, Promethean race that we sort of referenced last week. Yeah, and because she's sort of a leading expert on those, it's worth you getting involved to see if you can find out more about the beacon, the vision that's etched in your mind, and things like that. So it's sort of a two sides of the same coin. But yeah. When you get on the ship just before you leave the Citadel, you're given the option to give your new crew um, an inspirational speech, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> so I will open and say that I was incredibly motivating and I was like, yeah, we need to do this for humanity. It's going to be tough, but I know we can pull through. We're going to get this motherfucker, and it's going to be great. And in my mind, everyone was like, yeah, come on, boys. Come Looking on, boys. We got their monitors and nodding in agreement. Sorry. But Will, please tell me how yours went. Essentially, it's a case of like, we're out here, humanity, we're on our own. The council isn't going to help us. F everyone else. Yeah. We're getting out there and we're going to hunt that motherfucker down. We'll go to the ends of the galaxy. We'll do whatever we need to do. <laughs> kind of that, that type of spiel, yeah. And if I have to kill all of you to achieve my goals... Damn it, I will! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone's starting to give each other the side eye now, yeah. like, okay, he's getting carried away here. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I fucking love playing Renegade. I mean, it's so, so good. good. It's so, so good. good. The character you play is amazing. So with those rousing speeches out of the way, our crew suitably inspired or sort of cowering at this point. Um, you <laughs> Worried for their well-being. Exactly. <laughs> Today's a good day to die! <laughs> <laughs> you leave the Citadel and you're then presented with this big old star map where you can't quite go everywhere yet, but you can go to most of the major systems that you um, can visit in the game. So in terms of how we were going to break this up, Will and I decided that the best course of action was to go and get Liara first so going to artemis tau first because that way we have our full crew because she's the last recruitable character yeah we have our full crew for the longest amount of time possible which also plays into some potential romance options ah uh, i want to bang the blue chick you little pervert having made the decision of how we were going to progress that we then set off on our way to the artemis tau cluster to the planet of therum and try and find dr liara tassoni now upon landing we discover that the planet is all 
already been taken by the Geth. They were already there. They beat us to the punch. They certainly did. And you're dropped off in Yamako, which is your sort of six-wheeled... Is it six-wheeled, actually? In Andromeda, it's six-wheeled. I'm pretty sure it's I think it's Yeah, I think, I think it's it six-wheeled. It's, it's not four-wheeled, yeah. anyway, yeah. Mars, Rover, Bouncy. Yeah. It controls like an RC car. It's fun as f- well, it's actually, I was about to say it's fun as f- to drive. I go between liking and disliking it. It's fun when you get the hang of it. Yeah, I do like the fact that you've got like sort of jet jump boosters yeah. whilst also having a forward booster. And it really does bounce around. The suspension on it really does yeah. resemble a, like a, a remote control car like one of those Tyco yeah. RC things from kid days and if you know what you're doing by which I mean if you know what textures you can like climb up you can essentially climb vertical faces you, yes you can't on all very, of it very powerful but if you've got like if you see like the grass or snow or a slightly different texture on the terrain you can typically go up those yeah it's um, wild. It's so good. So good. And they've improved on it massively in the Legendary Edition over the original trilogy, I've got to say. It's uh, much, much better to get around is it? and make a... Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Like, okay. it probably still works the same way in the original Mass Effect 1, but the way that... Because the textures on the planets look so much nicer. Um, and maybe it's just that you can see it differently, but it just works so much better. Side note, it's also got some pretty good offensive capabilities. Uh, I actually found myself fighting a giant alien worm thresher thing on a different planet. Thresher Mawa. Yeah. Yeah. And I discovered that it actually had a pretty sweet kind of chain laser gun on it, as well as a rocket launcher style attachment as well, and uh, made mincemeat of that after dying a good few amount of time, an embarrassing amount of times to that fresher. If you want to go check that out, check out the Twitch stream, but uh, (laughs) yeah. Twitch.tv TV forward slash <laughs> Thank you, James. Thank so, you, James. Good plug. Good plug. But uh, yes, Thresher Moors can be a pain in the ass. Even more of a pain in the ass back in Mass Effect 1 original because in the Legendary Edition, another thing that they've made a change with that is certainly a quality of life improvement is that when you kill an enemy inside the Mako, you get the full experience. In the old games, you've got less experience if you killed it in the Mako. So the strat was rinse itself down to one or two shots left, get out the car, kill it with your guns. I remember that and that's something I'd actually forgotten. I'd yeah. completely forgotten that that was a thing. And it was also something weird I used to do in Borderlands as well, although it makes less of a difference in that. The mission itself is to go to these old ruins, look for Dr. Tassoni and see if she wants to help us. And what it devolves into is driving gauntlet, kill a load of geth. <laughs> yeah, we're talking your standard geth troops. Think like little robot humanoid type jobbies. Geth destroyers. I'm pretty sure they're called, which are slightly bigger, sort of on all fours, tanky looking motherfuckers. Uh, they're not, on it. They, they're only sometimes on all fours, sometimes they're still bipedal. And then you've got the big brutes, which I think are called Geth Colossi. That's it, that's it. And yeah. uh, these, these motherfuckers are just hench, proper four-legged. They lock themselves down and just beam cannon you with their heads. I like their death animation, the way they kind of just like, they just kind of like short circuit. And they're actually quite a tough enemy too, uh, which is which is nice change of paces, because to this point, there, there's been some tough fights but the enemies themselves haven't necessarily been tough apart from the thresher moors that you mentioned a little bit there yeah yeah which um, is optional at that point as well yeah yeah you meet a bunch of them and i think they're all technically optional so mm. this geth gauntlet if you like sort of ends with you arriving at the outside of the facility and then a proper like waves of geth start coming including one new one which is almost kind of resembles a frog yeah if you i like. know what you mean that was tough actually yeah. i found that fight quite a challenge because they jump about a lot and they can get behind you really easily and then they beam you with like a laser beam. That's true. They're kind of like very agile snipers. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I'm trying desperately to remember what they're called. They have a special name as well, but I can't remember what it is. All I can think of is Observer, but that's from Andromeda. Mm, um, mm. 
But yeah, it's and it was nice to see the single enemy type, the Geth, have so many different options. And it was nice. To, yeah. I don't think you get too many more Geth options throughout the game, but it was nice to sort of see the gamut of them and have like different fight. And some of those waves are tough, man. I mean, there's one where you got two of those frog boys and then a Colossus and a bunch of normal Geth. And that was the bit that I did struggle. I died yeah. multiple times on that. That's all on stream as well. Yeah. Much to my embarrassment. it's fair enough man it's a tough bit i was using a lot of my biotic powers like lifting them up into the air to basically just stop them from moving and then focus all fire on that with the froggy boys that's a great tactic yeah 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 at this point who is your main sort of duo that you like to use so i think at that point specifically i was using rex the krogan and garrus the turian however i think now i've changed it around and i'm using garrus the turian and tali the quarian Nice. Just because she has some really powerful tech engineering abilities yeah. and I've actually been upgrading her so that I'm able to do some of the special decryption yeah, hacking that you can do in the game because my technology skill isn't high enough playing as the character that I am. You, you probably won't even have the option, actually, will you? Do you even have electronics? No. So, so Tali is my main hacker, basically. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. As well as being a pretty decent healer, I think, as well. So She's just pretty good around and she can actually, later yeah. on, she can sabotage Geth. That's right, and I've got a damping ability as well, so... Yeah, she has some great abilities to use against electronics. And then I've kind of got Garrus for my long distance yeah. support, and he mostly focuses on I've got like anti personnel rounds and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. to uh, do a bit of damage against more human enemies. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And actually, uh, Tally gets super good in the later games too. Now, if you think uh, tech abilities in Mass Effect 1 are, let's say, 6 out of 10, they're decent, but they're not going to necessarily win you a fight on its own. 2 and 3, they instantly jump to about 9 out of 10. Right, like, cool. So, like, we won't go into it now but it, it shoots up which is another reason why Infiltrate is such a great class to play mm. what about you? I was going to say I typically also use Rex and Garrus because they're my favourite too yeah, um, I, yeah. It's not necessarily the perfect combination for my playstyle, but in Mass Effect 1, I will always use Rex because, slight spoiler, you don't get him as a companion in any of the other games. Oh, okay. So okay. I wasn't aware of that. Some stuff happens in Mass Effect 1 that will determine what happens to him in general, but this is the only game you play where you get him as a sidekick. And he's, okay. as okay. I've said earlier in the pod, he's in my top three favorite characters in the whole franchise. So he just, right, he's, just, okay. he's just in my team. And I love Garrus as well. He's also probably in my top three favorite characters characters in the franchise he's very cool the moment he started talking about being fed up with all the red tape and it's nice to be a specter and above the law i was like this is my guy right here and this is the thing As a renegade, you can make him more renegade. And if you're a paragon, you can influence him to be more paragon. Oh, can you? That's cool. But actually, but I'm probably going to end up using Liara and Rex because same reasons. Rex is just a great tank and has some biotics. Liara, she can be my healer. She's got, she's pure biotics. So she has a load more things. She can use singularity. I've got all of the decryption and electronic stuff. But no, so once you do finally get through that fight, you get into the facility itself. Little bit of exploring uh, leads you to a static chamber if you like i suppose it's uh, basically force fields are up and you see a lovely asari just floating there in the ether just all like yeah so i've accidentally f-ing turned on all the automated defenses of this old prothean ruin here i'm now stuck 
And uh, that is. She's Leon. got kind of a weird way of speaking, doesn't she? As well, it kind of sounds like she's quite transient and detached. Yeah, she does a bit. I think it's because she's meant to be really young for an Asari. I think it's sort of uh, ah, right. meant to be sort of innocence and things like that. Right. Okay. Um, but uh, yes, and this is you meeting Doctor Liara Tassoni, your final crew member. I was really nice to her about the whole predicament. Uh, you know, oh, no, I called her a dumbass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, and uh, she can't get herself out. She set off the traps because she's her the geth coming in and was obviously worried for her safety but she then can't get out so you are tasked with freeing her and this is achieved by firing a mining laser into the floor so you can go under the force field to come up behind her and let her out this really sounds like the renegade option like there should have been a paragon option to like use some ai prothean hacking or something but But no no, just can blow a hole in the floor exactly that's the only option because it plays into what happens next which is you save her but the seismic activity caused by this blast essentially causes the ruins to start collapsing in on themselves so you you sort of get out and you're trying to escape and then this krogan mercenary who's been tasked with capturing or killing liara comes out and gives you a little spiel you can try and reason with him it doesn't work i don't think either option renegade or paragon doesn't work at all have a nice little fight which is again a relatively tough fight but purely because they're all in a doorway and they just sort of all blast on you at once that's right it's yeah. almost more the shock of the encounter it's like if you can get into some cover it's honestly not too bad no. i think uh he, it, that still took me a couple goes though to be honest with you he has a lot of health and it's five enemies or so so you have to take out a lot of things but yes you do that and then there's a lovely little cut scene where you're sort of running getting away from an explosion it's gonna get us it's gonna get us but uh, no, you get out. The world, the day is saved. You have Liara now. Joker skillfully picks you up. Certainly does. Won't stop bragging about it when you get back on board, though. It really won't. But uh, and interestingly as well, this is the second Prothean thing you've destroyed in two missions. It's so not, not going so well. Really doing well with the old Protheans. But uh, yeah, you bring Liara back on your ship. There's a big old team meeting. And that, listeners, is where we're going to pause for this week. We now have a full crew. Just as we're starting to get the squad together. Exactly. We have a full crew. Things are going down. We've established our sort of favourites a little bit more. Meat and bones of the game's coming. Ferris on Navaria to visit. Good times. Good times. Okay, man. Uh, I've had an absolute blast this week. uh, Catching up with your progress last week from Mass (laughs) Effect. Uh, Looking forward to being able to sort of play a bit more side by side this week. Looking forward to putting a couple bit more hours onto stream, I hope. And much looking forward to the next episode when we go in with our full squad and hopefully start tracking down this motherfucker Saren. Absolutely. We're going to kick that IRL. With all that said, man, I think it's time to draw the podcast to a close. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pop Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pop Mode. And you can also find us on Twitter by searching for at Total Pod Mode, all one word. Or you can find me at Hoodafunk on Twitter, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Bames. And I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. As always, a very special thank you to our listeners. Thank you for your continued support. It does mean the world to us. Certainly does. And we will see you next week. Until then. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye now.